Y'all, don't judge me. It's been two months since I picked up the microphone and I apologize. But in life, things happen, okay? And this is more like a hobby. So it takes me a minute to get back into the groove. Um, But I'm back. I don't even want to get into that. I'm back. And for all of the new mommies that's just now tuning in, my name is Jennifer Miller, and you're listening to the Let's Talk Breastfeeding Podcast. Um, Just a little bit of a background, this podcast is focused around everything breastfeeding, hence the title. (laughs) Um, And my goal is to help all of you have a smooth breastfeeding journey with endless amounts of evidence-based information. So let's jump right in into the first segment, which is the Let's Talk segment. This segment will be the main piece to the puzzle, and I will always incorporate all of the evidence-based information included. This episode in particular, it's kind of going to be off track, but I'm going to um, make sure that I tie in why breastfeeding is still important with what I'm talking about today. Today, I'm actually <laughs> going to get a little bit personal, um, and I don't think I've opened up at all on the podcast yet, but today is the day, and we will um, become a little bit closer, so get ready for that. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about it, shall we? So I will be telling y'all um, my birth story. <laughs> I don't really think that I opened up and told too many people um, about my birth story. Um, I just, if you don't follow me on social media, I just became a trained doula. I'm not certified yet, Um, and I know within that training, I told my birth story probably like three to four times because I was around other moms that understood um, most of their reasons of why wanting to become a doula was pretty much the same, Um, being that we didn't have the support that we needed, and um, our birth story wasn't that stress feet free story that you hear from other moms. I'm going to tell my birth story from beginning to the end and how it ties in with my breastfeeding journey. And yeah, so here we go. January 3rd, 2017, the day before my son was born. Um, This is when it all started. Um, My husband and I, we went to our weekly OB appointment and she checked me as usual. I I allowed her to check me every week because I wanted to know. I really wanted to know. I know some women are like, no, I don't want to know. You know, I don't want to be checked. Um, It can be uncomfortable when you check for dilation and to see like how far you are. So I understand that. But me personally, I just wanted to know. Um, I was 39 weeks and four days, by the way. So at the time I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings and I was still picking up shifts. And of course, at that time, she and even me, I thought um, I knew I just knew for a fact that I was going to go past my due date. So when she checked me, of course, I wasn't showing any signs of going into labor. Um, she told me she gave me the OK to go back to work Um 
I wasn't on schedule. I was still picking up shifts. So of course I picked up a shift the next day after she told me that it was okay. Um, so we going on about our day and my amazing husband who is probably listening. Hey, <laughs> um, takes me to the nail salon, get my eyebrows threaded. I get food, you know, every pregnant girl's perfect day, right? After, after, um, we get all of that done and we walk around in the mall, um, and get something to eat, he goes and run errands and I came home to rest because I knew that I would probably be picking up shifts for the rest of the week because she already told me like, if I don't, um, go into labor before, um, Monday, she would be inducing me. So... I go home, my best friend calls around 7.30, 8-ish, hey, Car- hey Carnesha, <laughs> um, and we sat on the phone for about an hour and a half, and that's when the mild contractions started, but I thought they were just Braxton Hicks. They weren't like consistent at all, um, and they didn't hurt, like it was just like cramping, so um I was like, and in my head, I'm like, well, she told me that he's not going to be here anytime soon. So I was just laying down like, okay, whatever. Like I wasn't alert. Like, you know how some moms be like, oh my God, like, what is this? I was just like, whatever. So I didn't think anything of it. I'm still talking around 9.30, Um, The hubby got home and um, we were playing around he actually recorded me and was recording um zan in my tummy of course and was like when are you gonna come like we're ready for you and i'm rubbing on my stomach it's just so cute and i'm ready for you and i'm still having the cramps during all of this 9 30 10 ish and so we finished recording we finished talking playing around and i don't know if i told him i was hungry or he asked i don't know how that went but we hop in the car you know how we get when we get hungry pregnant my pregnant mamas if you're out there when we hungry we hungry okay so we hop in the car at 10 o'clock 10 30 which is by the grace of god that we were already in the car headed downtown by my hospital that i was having zan at so um, that was just a coincidence that we were going downtown to um, a restaurant called Al's. I wanted some chicken tenders and fries. <laughs> so um, around it was by this time it's like ten fifteen, ten twenty, and we are we in the car. And I've been using the restroom since before we left the house at like ten o'clock. I hop in the car and I tell him, okay, you're going to have to stop because I really have to pee. Like, you're going to have to stop. And my contractions at that time, I didn't know that they were contractions, were still going. So they start to get a little intense. And I'm like, let me call my sister because <laughs> she just had a baby a year and a half before I had Zan. So she starts timing them on the phone. And um, once she starts timing them, she was like, girl. Y'all probably need to head to the hospital because they are close together, like a minute apart. And I was like, well, they're not that intense. And she was like, it doesn't matter. Like, you probably need to go ahead and head to the hospital. So we head to the hospital. Well, I called them first on the way to the hospital because we were like five minutes away. As soon as I called them, it's like my my contractions started like increasing, like 
I started the contractions was to a point where I couldn't even talk. So I hop out of the car. We get to the hospital. Um, and this is where everything kind of went a little blurry because not only was I in pain, um, but I kind of felt clueless because I didn't know what to expect, if that makes any sense. Um, so I arrive and, um, first let me give you the good, good thing about what I like about the hospital experience. I really love that, um, with my birth plan, they gave me this little card and, um, it had all of my information on it and I walked in, I gave them the card. I didn't have to, you know, tell them anything, which I'll get more into that later. Um, so also on my birth plan, they knew that I didn't want any medication um, and I wanted to go as long as possible. So they knew that, they understood that, and um, they didn't bring up epidural. They didn't bring up any type of medication whatsoever. They kept telling me I could do it throughout the labor. I loved all of that. Okay, that's all of the good things. Let's move on. So when I got to the hospital, they immediately told me to put on my gown and lay down so they can give me my IV. After they gave me my IV, by this time, I'm like, okay, I really want to stand up. Like, can I stand up and labor? Because I'm in pain and I don't feel comfortable laying down. Well, they tell me, okay, well, I have to finish entering something. I don't know. I can't remember. But all I know is they they did not let me get up. Um, And at this point, I'm just like, whatever. Like, I didn't even fight against it because in my head, up until I became a doula, I always thought like, and I didn't even realize it, I always thought that doctors, because they knew better and because they studied these things, that my body, when I went, when I walked into a hospital, my body isn't my body anymore. It's theirs. Um, My baby, it's not my baby. It's theirs because they knew more than I did. Um, It I never realized that I never had a voice of my own and I always relied on um, the doctor when it came to anything that's pertaining to my health when walking into the hospital. So whenever they when they told me to lay down, I was just like, whatever. I didn't give any fight. Like, I didn't say no. I didn't say I was uncomfortable. Like, I have the right. Isn't like, I didn't do anything. I didn't say, you know, is anything wrong? Is that why can't I stand up? Now, I did ask and they told me that the reason why I couldn't stand up after my water broke, because um, I asked again after my water broke, can I stand? And they said, no, you can't stand because your water broke. I didn't even ask why. I was just like, whatever. I was in, I was not in so much pain, you know. It, it, I mean, I'm having a baby, so of course it's going. It's not going to be a, a walk in the park for everyone. My pain tolerance isn't the same as anybody else's pain tolerance. I don't want to make this sound like, you know, giving birth is a hard thing because it's not. It's a beautiful thing, but at that moment, <laughs> um, I was in pain. Because my pain tolerance is low. Um, And 
I didn't ask. I didn't say why. Why can't I stand up? Like, why are you still telling me to lay down just because my water broke? I don't understand. I didn't say anything. I just laid there. And, you know, next thing you know, um, everything moved quick after that. By this time, it's 1 o'clock, 1.30-ish. And I start telling them, like, look, I'm ready to push. Like, I have to push this baby out. And, well, they just checked me an hour before, and I was only two centimeters dilated so they come back and when I'm telling them that I have the pushing uh, sensation they they were like okay wait let me let me check you again so they come and they check me and they're like whoa all I heard was the, the nurse say whoa call the doctor like that's all I heard like call the doctor so anyway so moving along Two o'clock gets there. We start pushing around 2.15 once the doctor um, come in, 2.15 a.m. And after four pushes, um, my baby was there. Um, and it that was wonderful. Like from the time that my water broke to the time that I had Zan, everything was good. It was good. And then um, really everything was good before I knew what I know now, actually. Um, they took, after I had my baby, they, you know, held him up. They did delay the cord clamping because that's what I asked for. So they waited until the blood completely stopped and then they clamped it and Alvin cut the umbilical cord. Um, and then they took him away. At that time, I thought that's how it's supposed to go. You know, I didn't have skin to skin immediately after they went. They took him away. They gave him a bath. They put him up under the the heater. They did all the things. I don't even know what they did. Gave him shots, I guess. I don't know. Took his footprints. To be honest, I don't know what happened between the time that my baby, I had my baby at 2.45. I actually have a picture in my phone of me holding him at 345 4 o'clock so he was gone for about an hour and 15 minutes I did not get that skin to skin contact immediately after um and to me I kind of felt at the time I didn't know what was going on once they gave me my baby I didn't have that oh my god love at first sight feeling um I didn't feel connected I tried I, I the picture you could tell that it was forced me trying to feel connected to my baby um but that bun really didn't come until about four to six months after I had him and I kind of feel like the reason why most of my breastfeeding problems that I had even though he did have a tongue tie um my whole point of this podcast um, is to let my moms know that you have a voice. I'm not saying that you should not listen to your doctors. Of course, your doctors know what's best when it comes to anything that's complicated within the labor and delivery of your child. But you, as a mom, know your body. Know if something is wrong. If you feel that something is wrong, okay, something is wrong. If you feel that you're not you're not comfortable, 
you're not comfortable and let them know if there isn't any complications, you have the right to say, well, no complications, then okay, I can do this then, you know, the sort of thing. Just like with me, you know, if if I can go back, I would change the way that I felt as though I didn't have a voice. I would let them know like, no, I'm about to stand up. Um, this is what I want to do. Do you see anything wrong? If there's nothing wrong, okay, I'm standing up. Just get a nursing here and make sure she's standing by me. So that way, if if Zan comes slipping out, then she can catch him or I can catch him. I'm capable of doing this, you know, like I know my body. So that's my whole point of telling my birth story and letting you guys know how important it is for skin to skin. Um, I know I kind of got off of track there because of just knowing everything that I went through um, with my breastfeeding journey and knowing that um, it could have went differently. It really bothers me now. So that's why I really don't like discussing it. <laughs> but um, yeah, like just know that skin to skin is important immediately after you have your baby. You can delay the bath. You don't have to. If everything is okay with your child, your, I'm emphasizing that, your, your child, if everything is okay, you can say no. You can say no. I need at least an hour, two, three hours with my baby to bond, to be with this human that I just was with nine months, 10 months, almost 10 months. I was just with him every day. So don't take him away immediately. I need to um, have this bonding moment with him. Move it along. Um, so yeah, that wraps up. The Let's Talk segment. If you guys have any questions about my birth story, I, even though I don't like discussing it, I don't mind um, answering your questions or um, leading you in the right path as far as your birth story may go. Um, I can give you all of the advice, but know that I am not a doctor. Um, I am not in the health profession. I am not a certified lactation consultant yet. <laughs> um, so just know that when you ask me these questions to please, please, please consult with your, um, primary physician or your OB, um, guy, you need to go to them and ask them these questions as well. Okay. So let's move it along to the second segment, um, which is advice, um, for my breast friend. This segment, um, advice for my breast friend, will be me reading stories, breastfeeding related, of course, that you all need advice for, um, whether that's a breastfeeding clapback or a simple, what would you do, Jennifer, sort of thing. All of the stories will be anonymous to respect my listeners' privacy. 
I pull these questions from my Instagram or email. And because I've been MIA for a while, I have a ton to last me for the rest of the year. <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> I picked today's um, question from my email. This person inquired about a lot um, after I became a trained doula, Um, but part of the question was geared towards birth, and that's what I'll answer today. They asked if um, if I had a birth plan, which y'all already know. I told y'all that in the Let's Talk segment. And they asked if it was necessary, why or why not. Um, I would say, friend, that it's not particularly necessary, but for me, it was helpful. Um, It was helpful because, like I said before in the Let's Talk segment, the little card that they gave me, it had all of my information on it. And I really liked that about the birth plan at that hospital that I had, Zan. I just walked up. I was in, I was already in labor. The contractions were intense. I didn't have time to talk. I didn't have time to say, you know, this is my name. This is my doctor. This is what I want. This is blah, blah, blah. They already had the little card with just my doctor's name, my name, everything that um, I talked about in the birth um with the birth, uh, I forgot what they called her. Um, oh, birth designer. That's what they call her, um, which is basically a nurse. Um, and everything on that little card was already said. I didn't have to say anything. I just handed the card and they knew. They entered everything in the system and put me in my room. I was in my room within seconds. So I love that about the birth plan. Also, another thing that I loved about the birth plan was that all of the nurses, once you make the birth plan with your birth designer um, or whatever they call it at the hospital um, that you're at, they get you to take that birth plan to your doctor and your doctor signs off on it, lets you know if anything that's on the birth plan she doesn't agree with. And then y'all both sign off on it, and then they put it into the, the their system. Once it's in the, the computer, all of your nurses, once you go into labor and get ready to birth your baby, know what you want. So, yeah, that's what I loved about the birth plan. Um, um, what I didn't like, what I don't like about birth plans... Um, is that you can get your hopes up because you really don't know what's going to happen. So say, for instance, if I would have put, I put on there that I don't want any medication for as long as possible. But let's say if I would have had made up in my mind, you know, no medication, I don't care how long, none whatsoever. And then I go in and I can't take it at all. And I ask for the epidural and then afterwards I feel like a failure or I feel like I didn't do what I said I was going to do, you know. So that's what I would say a birth plan is not good for. Um, Don't take a birth plan for what's going to happen in real life. Just look at it as a, okay, this is kind of like a background of what I look for. But okay, something this this isn't what. Is already like this isn't what can like it can go 
in another direction at any time. You know, just be open. Be open when it comes to birthing your child. That's all. That's what long story short. Be open. Um, so, yeah, that that is the only question I'm going to do today. Because like I said, I have um, a lot of emails and messages. Um, and, well, not a lot. Enough to get me through the rest of the year. So I'm not going to do more than one on this episode. But maybe... Um, I'll get more throughout the year and then I could do more than one in the next episodes. Um, so let's move along to the last segment, which is my favorite. Um, encourage a breastie. Um, this segment is usually when I give a couple of encouraging words to you guys. But last episode, I decided to switch it up a little bit um, and I've decided to keep it going for the rest of the podcast and the rest of this year and just ask my listeners to share an uplifting story or some encouraging words, quotes, or anything that will make us all feel good about being some badass breastfeeding mamas, okay? Like we need that encouragement to keep going on our breastfeeding journey. So this episode, I decided to pull all of my encouraging words or quotes or stories from Facebook. I went on my personal Facebook page and posted what I was doing, of course, and let them know that I was looking for some encouraging words. And I only got four, so I'm going to go with those four. The first one, um, one of my friends on Facebook said, um, my best advice would be to tune out the noise and follow your instincts. You got this mommies. I love it. Another one of my friends said, every drop counts, no matter how much or how little your supply is, each drop nourishes your baby. That is so true. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a low milk supply, which, I mean, the only way that you would know if your baby is not getting enough and you have a low milk supply is if your baby is not having enough wet and poopy diapers in the beginning. I would say the first four weeks as far as poopy diapers. And then after that, the poopy diapers start to be a little bit more spaced out. So if your baby isn't having enough wet diapers, then that's how you will know if he or she isn't getting enough milk. So yeah, every drop counts though. Like it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like every drop counts. Continue, continue, continue. Um... I know I stress a lot about how breast is best, but fed is also best as well. So if your baby isn't getting enough, please feed your baby. Do not, do not, I do not encourage you not feed your baby. However, if you really want your baby to um, be breastfed only or only have breast milk. There are so many donors out there that will give you breast milk if you don't have enough. Um, and if you have questions about that, please email me. Moving along to the next one. This mommy said it's a long one. Never be discouraged. Uh-oh, I want to wait. There we go. 
Never be discouraged. Some women aren't able or choose not to. Those of us who are are amazing and should never feel any less. We are all badass human beings who make liquid gold. Don't allow anyone to make you feel uncomfortable for feeding your child. You wouldn't choose to eat in a bathroom, so why should your baby? You don't eat with a blanket over your head, so why should they? Be familiar with your laws. In any place you are allowed to be, you are allowed to feed your child. Pump and dump is a myth. Don't waste your precious gold on fake news. Nursing past a certain point should never be judged. Extended breastfeeding is proving to be the best for your baby. No matter how long or short the time you nurse baby, you should never feel bad. You did it. I personally never thought I'd make it six weeks, let alone one and a half years. You are amazing, mama, and continue to be. That is like, nothing else to say. She said everything. She said everything. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you so much. Janora said, do what work do what works best for you and your baby, even if all the advice is telling you otherwise. Yes, yes, yes. Like I said before during my birth story, you know what's best for you and your baby. You know your baby more than anyone else. You know your body more than anyone else. If you don't feel that you will be comfortable breastfeeding, don't do it. Don't run yourself crazy because you need to stay sane for your baby's sake, okay? So, yeah, I love that. I love them. I love them. I love them. Thank y'all so much for commenting and giving me those wonderful um, messages. I know I had some on Instagram as well, and um, I couldn't get over there. We're already over like 30 minutes. This is the longest um, (laughs) podcast that I've had. And I'm not even going to edit it. So get ready to listen to all of the ums and pauses. Get ready. I'm not editing it. I'm just going to put it out there because I feel like y'all need to hear me in my rare form talking about my birth story. And I really hope that it touch someone and give someone the voice that I didn't have. So, yeah. That is all. I will see you guys next time. And thank you for listening. Subscribe and please share, 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 share. Get the word out um, and let people know about this podcast. All right, y'all. Peace.